Hey guys, it's Shruti, one of the book hosts. Thank you guys so much for listening to our episode about Six of Crows and Cricket Kingdom. Um, however, we just wanted to give you a heads up that this episode was actually recorded before our previous episode, where we talked to Sarah Hogle about Twice Shy. So if the timeline does not match up, that would be why. Please forgive us. Um, hope you enjoy our episode. I'm Sarah. I'm Shruti. And I'm Grace. And we're the Book Hoes. Thanks for coming back to another episode, or if this is your first episode, welcome. We are going to be talking about the Six of Crows duology in this episode. We've all read it, so we will give a, we will do a non-spoilery section first, and then we will give a spoiler warning, so you'll be able to listen to part of the episode if you haven't read it yet. Um, But we'll let you know when you have to uh, go read the books first when we get to the spoiler section. But before we get into that, let's talk about what we've been reading this week. So, Grace, what have you been reading this week? This week, I read Crooked Kingdom by Lee Bardugo. And that is all. And so, since we will talk about that later, I have no other books to talk about. But you know what else I did this week? Uh, It's not a book. It's not a book, but I'm going to share it because I feel strongly about it. I watched a movie last night and it was, on Netflix. it was on Netflix and it is called The Mitchells versus the Machines and it is an animated movie. It is by Sony Pictures who also did Into the Spider-Verse and I was watching that movie and I was like this is one of the greatest movies I have ever seen. So I'm mentioning it now because I think all should watch it. It is very fun. The animation is great. Literally a wonderful time. So do yourself a favor and watch The Mitchells versus the Machines which is not a book. Thank you. <laughs> now I like it. Movie recommendation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're versatile. Um, yes. Shirty, what did you read? Um, so I also read Crooked Kingdom this week, um, which we'll discuss. Um, it took me a week to read because life was busy. Also, it's a very long book, but we'll get there. Um, I did also, however, finish The Dating Plan by Sarah Desai. Um, Because last uh, last time we recorded, I think I was like 60% through. Um, I really enjoyed it. I liked it. I gave it four stars. Um, I think it was one of those books where I would definitely recommend to everybody to read because I think they would enjoy it. But like, I just wasn't as invested into it or like I didn't have that like same spark as I did with The Marriage Game, which is Sarah Desai's first book or like in this universe. I think it was because, I don't know. I think it was because the hero didn't like, I didn't warm up to the hero until a little bit much later on that I wanted to. Like once we started getting like the backstory for him and like his flashbacks and stuff, I really like warmed up to him and I was like, oh, okay, I like him. But because we waited until like, you know, 40%, 50% to start getting that information, I wasn't as interested in him. And so that kind of ruined my enjoyment. But I do recommend it. Um, I do think it's fun. Um, And yeah, so that was a good book. But yeah, that was all I did. I finished that book and then I read Cookie Kingdom. Yeah, I agree with you about the dating plan. I didn't didn't really like love the hero. Um, He was like fine, especially when we started finding out about his backstory. I was like, okay, you're all right, I guess. But I was kind of the same. I was like "Mm," about him for most of it. I think what happens is like at the beginning, he's like set up as like the bad boy, which is mm-hmm. fine. I've just never, ha- I've never really been into like the bad boy right. hero. So I was like, this is fine, but this is, you know, not great. But then slowly you find out that's not actually the case. And then I was like, oh, I'm more interested in you now, but it's also too late. And there's so many other things happening that I'm like, this is fine. But like, we lost out on all this other time where I could have been more into you. 
Right. Because you want to be into your romance characters. It's the whole point of a romance. Exactly. This yep. is interesting because I have that book right now mm-hmm. from the library. So I'm interested to see if I also feel this way. I guess we'll find out. We will. Maybe we will. What about you, Sarah? What did you read? I actually read a decent amount this week because thanks to audiobooks. So my job location is kind of switching a little bit. So I have a longer commute again. So I'm going to be back on the audiobooks like I used to um, for my drive to work. So, I mean, I don't love having a long commute again, but it's not that long and I get to listen to audiobooks. So it's okay. So because of that, I was able to listen to both the Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom audiobooks this week because I do listen on like, I was listening on like 2.3 speed at this point, I think. So it did go quicker. And because of my longer drive, I would literally just like put in my AirPods in the morning when I wake up and listen to it like while I get ready and then literally until I get to work. So I was able to get through with them both pretty quickly um, because I knew we were doing this episode and I wanted to refresh my memory. For those of you who don't know, those are two, it's the Six of Crows duology is like my favorite books of all time. So I just wanted to refresh my memory because it had been a while since I read both. Um, And then I can't remember if I mentioned this in the last episode, but I did finish reading Twice Shy by Sarah Hovel, which is our May group read. And you should read it too. I absolutely loved it. And you'll hear more about it uh, next week on May 17th. That is when our group read discussion will will come out. So definitely tune in then and read along. And you can also send us your thoughts, by the way. But yeah, that's all I read. So now we can get into our discussion of the Six of Crows duology. So like I said, this first part will be non-spoilery. So don't worry if you haven't read the books yet. And we'll let you know when we're going to start getting into more uh, spoilery thoughts. So just to give everyone a recap on our uh, Grishaverse journey that we have all been on (laughs) these last, like, what has it been like? a month and a half now it's been a long time it's been a long journey (laughs) so I have I have I have already read the Grishaverse and Six of Crows like years ago Shruti read the Grisha trilogy last year but Grace had never read uh either so we decided to go on a little journey and we were going to all either reread the Grisha trilogy or like discuss it Shruti had read it recently so I don't think she read it but we did a discussion episode on the Grisha trilogy. If you want to go listen to that, that was like three episodes ago. And then we also did a discussion on Shadow and Bone, the TV show based on the Grisha trilogy and Six of Crows. And that was last week. So you can go check that out as well if you've watched the show. And now we have finally reached the piece de resistance of (laughs) the Grishaverse, Six of Crows duology. So for those of you who don't know, it is a spinoff of the Grisha trilogy. Um, It's about six dangerous outcasts who embark on one impossible heist, which is the tagline for the book. That's basically what it's about. They They are brought together by the promise of a lot of money to perform an impossible heist. And it is a fantasy novel. It takes place in another world, for those of you who don't know, who, you know, don't know anything about the Grisha trilogy or this at all. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of fantasy elements. Um, like I said, it's one of my favorite books ever, so I may be a little biased, but it's amazing. So why don't we start off by talking about our general thoughts? So what were some general thoughts you guys had on the duology? So for me, um, I enjoyed both books. I thought they were great books. I had a really wonderful time. Um, 
So my general thoughts on Six of Crows, which we've kind of touched on before, but kind of here. Um, I thought it was a really good book. I thought objectively, I think it is the better book because it has a better plot, I think. Um, like the heist is a little bit more put together. It's not as convoluted, I think, than the plot in Crooked Kingdom. And I enjoy the characters. However, I felt Crooked Kingdom just hit me more. And I think it's because of the found family, especially. Because um, there's literally, I think, almost every character has like a paragraph in their point of view. Well, first of all, all six of them actually have point of views in this book, in the second book, which I also appreciated. But there's actually paragraphs where they literally list out the other five characters and like, this is the things I learned from these five characters and why they mean so much to me. And I was like, well, thank you for this found family. So I, I really, really love the found family in Perfect Kingdom. And like that hit me very hard. Um, and I think just the characters are just so well done. Um, they're all very nuanced. They all have like their flaws, but they're all really root. You root for all of them. And it was just a very good time. I just had a really good time. I, I do think the plot in Crooked Kingdom was a little bit more drawn out and it was a little bit more confu- like not confusing necessarily, but I feel like there was a lot of stuff that didn't need to be there, which we'll get into when we get into the spoiler section. Um, but overall, I thought it was a good duology. And uh, while I'm ta- while I'm here, so I know objectively, I think this duology is better than the Grisha trilogy because it's better written. It has a better plot. The character's a little bit more rootable. I will say when I finished both, I had the same feeling of like, these are my friends. I'm happy for their journey. And I would love to see more of them and thriving in the future. So I feel like for me as a person invested in these books, I felt the same about both of them. And I think it's because the characters that I enjoyed, I felt like the same amount of love, um, even if their plot was like whatever in the Grisha trilogy, so. So you liked them equally, like you liked the Grisha trilogy and the Six of Crows equally? Yes, and I think I like them for different reasons. Yeah, um, yeah. obviously, yeah, but I do think I like them equally, yes. That's fair. Yeah, fair mm-hmm. enough. Um, so as we mentioned, I had never read the Grisha trilogy or Six of Crows up until now. Um, I tried to read both Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows once each before in my life. And then things happened, bad things actually, but we don't need to get into it. And I couldn't read physically anymore, but now we're past that. We're past it. And I did read Six of Crows and Cricket Kingdom and they were very good. I have been playing them off for a very long time. My sister, I was reading the book in front of my sister and she was like, you've had that book for forever. And I was like, yeah, I have, I have. I think I bought it um, when I was in college and the beginning of college which would have been like five years ago. So yeah, um, but I, I'm glad I finally read them. I put them off because like, it's, they're so big and I'm not that super into fantasy, which we've established. And then when I was reading the Grisha trilogy, I was kind of worried I wouldn't like Six of Crows, even though everyone likes them, even though everything I've heard about it is good. I was still a little worried because I wasn't loving the Grisha trilogy that much. And I also, again, am not a big fantasy person, but Maybe I am because I really liked Six of Crows. Did I know what was going on a lot of the time? No, absolutely not. Um, the plot was good objectively, but sometimes I really did not know what was going on. But I was always having a fun time and that's what counts. The characters were phenomenal. Um, it was a very cinematic feeling book. So like I could visualize it in my mind, which was very helpful with the addition of the greatest playlist of all time which is called reading six of crows slash dark fantasy by lauren i don't know <laughs> it's a good playlist we've tweeted about it or something it's good it's good look it up um characters are all my friends i enjoyed the found family aspects of it all and i agree with trudy in that 
Six of Crows is probably objectively a better book, but I also liked Crooked Kingdom more. And it's kind of like how (laughs) objectively Guardians of the Galaxy 2014 is a better movie than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 2017. But Guardians of the Galaxy 2014 is about like these people coming together and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is about them like learning to be a family. So like you get really attached to them in the first movie. In the second movie, you're already attached to them and you're watching them get more attached to each other. So Crooked Kingdom... my attachment to the characters has been established so like the more emotional moments like hit harder than they would have in the first book when I was first meeting everyone and the relationships with each other hit harder because they were also more attached to each other and that is all I have to say it was a good time five out of five (laughs) thank you for another stunning analogy that's so (laughs) true you're welcome um yeah I mean I love these books I think in my opinion I agree you know with both of you said uh Six of Crows honestly Six of Crows might still be my favorite of the two just because I've read it so many times it's like ingrained in my brain um it just has such a special place in my heart but I do love Crooked Kingdom too and I do totally understand why anyone would like Crooked Kingdom more because there is more like um emotionally between the characters there and everything um I also, I think I finally fully grasped the plot this third time reading Crooked Kingdom because <laughs> I'm glad you are saying that, Sarah. I'm so glad. I was yeah. Worried I was no, I was I'm fully, <laughs> I was fully there with you the first time I read Crooked Kingdom. So I had, I, I, I'd already loved Six of Crows when Crooked Kingdom me out. So I was just so overwhelmed by this book. The first time I read it, I did not grasp 90% of the plot I was just like oh my god the characters my friends their family like I love them so much and then when I finished it I was like I have no idea what the fuck happened in that book besides like certain events that stuck out of my mind so <laughs> yeah. I had to read it again and then I like maybe grasped like 40% of the plot that time this time I might be up to like 70 or 80 so we might be good um but yeah I agree I think there's there's in my in my opinion I'm like I said I'm very very biased but I think there's something in these books for everyone. I think most people could pick up Six of Crows and at least like have a good time, you know? There's, I mean, people who don't like fantasy might not love it, but I also don't really like fantasy and I do love it. So you never know. Same. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think everyone could, you know, find something that they would have a good time with in these books. And yeah, yeah, that's just uh, my biased opinion. But um do so who are your who are your favorite characters there's a lot of characters in this book so who who are your faves I can rank them for you well oh my god I can I can give you the so this is the thing so when we have first read six of crows and we were talking about this I said literally every chapter my favorite changed and that was very true I think of six of crows um because again as Grace had mentioned you were still getting to know them so you were still like you're learning about them and you're like oh my god I love all of them let me still, I still love all of them. They're still all my friends. And like, they're probably, I think all five, all six of them are probably, I like more than the majority of the Grishaverse characters other than like Mal and Alina who are like in that mix. However, I can definitely say after Crooked Kingdom, there's like a top three, but then the bottom three, I still love, but they're just like all in a bottom three tier. I think, th- and I think what happened is because Crooked Kingdom, I don't think has as much character development as Six of Crows does. And I think, the big standouts and therefore my top two are Wylan and Inej. 
So a number one favorite is definitely Wyland. Number two is Inej. And I think three is Nina. I think Nina did not get to shine as much in Crooked Kingdom. And we'll talk about that. Um, I do still love her, of course, but I would say that's my top three. And obviously I still love Jesper, Kaz, and Matthias, but they're just, you know, they're just something about Wyland and Nege and Nina just kind of spoke to me more, especially Wyland. I am, Wyland is definitely my favorite and I cannot wait for his casting to get dropped because I will lose my mind. So I'm very excited for that. Um, so my favorite is Jesper. I don't think that I could rank any of the others because here's the thing. I feel like normally when I read books that have multiple point of views, to name some popular examples, Heroes of Olympus, the Gone series, etc. When I read those books and I get a character's perspective, I'm like, cool. But you know what? I wonder what my favorite character is up to right now. <laughs> Shout out to Leah Valdez. Anyway, um, but with these books, with the Six of Crows books, I didn't feel that way. I was like, when I yeah. got to a Jesper point of view, I was like, cool, my friend is here. But when we got to anyone else's point of view, I was like, cool, my friend is here. Like they were always giving me interesting information. And I was always excited to hear about things from their point of view. And they all had an, a lot to offer. And they are all like really good characters. Like I have a favorite but they all have something to offer and bring to the story. And I don't feel, feel like any of them were like not written well or like, or, mm-hmm. or boring or like not purposeful to the plot. And they were all like really different from each other too. And yeah, I do. Never mind. I was going to start saying, and I like, I, I initially I was like, Nina was, would be my second favorite, but then I was like, damn, I really love Inej and um, Wyland too. And I was like, well, damn. Kaz is really good to read the point of view from because like I'm always like what is Kaz thinking and then I get to his point of view I'm like yes now I know so I'm always excited to read from Kaz's point of view and then Matthias is really funny like he doesn't mean to be but he's really funny and I love that and they're all good so I don't know my answer is Jasper and that's all that's all I can say that's so valid yeah. Especially, and I definitely agree. Like, there's no boring point of view to me anyway. Right. Like, all of yeah. them, they all contributed something to your storyline and your understanding. Um, that being said, my favorite character is Inej. Um, and then I think, like, I don't want to say so. Kaz, so Kaz and Nina are probably tied for second, but I don't want to leave like Jesper, Wylan, and Matthias all on the bottom. Like, yeah, right. Like when I say bottom, too. you're like they're not really bottom. Yeah, they're just exactly. Yeah. They're just like slightly underneath. It'd be like a close third because I don't know if I could. I guess if I had to choose, it would be like Inej is in first. Kaz and Nina are tied for second. Wylan and Jesper are tied for third and then Matthias, but I still love Matthias too. Like I feel bad putting him down there, but like, <laughs> I would probably right. put him at the end too. Yeah. I feel like if I did like a tier ranker, mm-hmm. you know, the tier rankers would be like God tier, yes. amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bad. Mm-hmm. I would put like maybe three of them in God tier and like two, three of them in amazing. And then the bad right. and okay would be empty because right. they're all amazing. Right. Yes. God tier. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I guess I'll, if I had to rank them, that's what it would be. I can't do like a true ranking because I really do love them all. Um, but I think Inej is, she's been my favorite. She's And that that did not change with this reread. She's definitely, she's my fave. So then I guess the follow-up question naturally is, there are three very important couples, romantic dynamics in this. Um, which one would you say is your favorite? Kanej Nation for life. Just kidding. Yeah, Kaz and Inej are my favorite couple. Um, 
And then Wylan and Jess, we would probably be second and Nina and Matthias third. Um, like I said, I, I mean, I do like, I love all the couples too. Um, Nina and Matthias, obviously there are some like complicated things about them that we can get into later, but at the end of the day, I do like them. And then Wylan and Jesper are amazing and Casanesh are everything. Same, same. <laughs> and it's interesting because based off of my tastes, you would think that either Wylan and Jesper or Nina and Matthias would be my favorite. But no, it's Kaz and Inej. I think that Wyle and Jesper are very close second, but there was there is something about Kaz and Inej, and we will get into it later. I can put a pin in some of it, but the rest I just cannot explain. Like it's like their scenes have crack inside of them. Like they I really just, do. I was losing my mind at every single interaction, like mumbling to myself as I did the dishes and listened to the audiobooks. Like I was like, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> it was like so much. It was so much. And I, and I like Nina and Matthias too. And I love Wyle and Jesper as well. I was also losing it during their, those people's scenes as well. But Kaz and Inej is my favorite as well. So um, this is a journey for me. So I started off when I, so when I started it, before I had read it, like, you know, four years ago, when I first had started it, I actually didn't four. finish because, no, 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 four years ago, when I first started reading six of crows I only got to like th- two chapters or so okay. and me too. Me too. yeah and I think I stopped because I didn't because I liked Jesper and I didn't I don't remember what it was exactly but I was like I knew that Kaz and Inej was happening and I was like I don't know if I want this because I think the first time I read it I thought Kaz was very older than he was so I was like wasn't feeling it so then I stopped reading and then last Kaz year I talks like an old man sorry I mean ahead. he does I mean he does <laughs> oh my god wait, um, but wait, I'm so sorry hang on I have to say something Sarah, you listen to the audiobooks, right? Yes. Can the we narrator? discuss yes, Wyland's you're right, you're narrator right. for Oh, I have them- your Crooked Kingdom. Okay, Wyland's point of view in Crooked Kingdom, fine. Guy did a great job, but anytime Kaz was speaking, it was terrible. And I didn't I like am- Kaz's narrator in general. They made his voice so Kaz's weird. Kaz's narrator was, like, not great. Yeah. But, like, the way that Wyland's narrator speaks for Kaz, it is so funny it was so weird it was oh my god anyway sorry Trudy but that needed to be said it did it did it's so bad I guess guess now I need to listen to the audiobook of Crooked Kingdom I Um, almost like record screen recorded it but I didn't want like any spoilers to get mm -hmm. picked up but yeah go look it up and just jump to a violent point of view and just listen (laughs) to it it's so bad it's bad So yeah, so four years ago when I first read the books, I didn't know if I want Kaz and Inez to happen because I think it was, I felt I was reading Kaz older than he was. So then last year after I read the Grisha trilogy, I started reading Six of Crows as one does. Um, and I was really, really into Nina Matthias. Um, and I ended up rage quitting the entire book for various reasons, which we'll get into when we get into spoilers. Um, and so this time when I went into it, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to make Kaz and Inez my personality trait. They're going to be the couple that I love the most. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to will it into existence. Yeah. And then this happened and suddenly Wyland and Jesper are my absolute favorites. Like they absolutely, number one, like I love, I, I still love Nina Matthias. I still love Kaz and Inez. Um, and I don't really know if I could say which one is two and which one is three. I think they're both like equally tied for me for number two. But like Wyland and Jesper absolutely stole my heart. Um, I think part of it, of course, is because I do love Wyland so much. Um, but I think just their whole entire relationship, I definitely think the part, the, um, I did do a live tweeting thread when I was reading this. Um, and when 
whenever Wylan and Jesper moments happened, those were the ones where I like keyboard smash the most. So I think that is indicated of my love for them. See, this is so funny to me because you would think that you would like Kaz and Inej and I would like Wylan and Jesper. And we do like those things. Right. But our favorites are switched. And you know what? I honestly thought you would like Nina Matthias more. I did too, but I didn't for some reason. That's interesting. We will will discuss. Yeah, I thought my predictions were that Trudy, you would like Kazan and Nedge best and Grace would like Wylan and Jesper, like you guys said. I knew Jesper would be Grace's favorite character. So do you, Trudy. That's not even a question. I have a type. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which valid Jesper is awesome. Mm -hmm. But that's funny. I did not expect to love Wylan this much. Like that. Yeah, I didn't expect you to either. Yeah, but hey again why but now writes. thinking about it i was like this this actually makes sense <laughs> so. it does i think it makes it makes sense yeah all right so this is brings us to the end of our non-spoiler section so if you haven't read the book you should leave now go read the book and then books both books this will be spoilers coming up for both six of crows and crooked kingdom so if you've not read both books go read them now and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. But before we get into the spoilers section, here is a word from our sponsor. And we're back. All right, so hopefully you've left if you haven't read both books in the Six of Crows duology because we're discussing spoilers now. So we're just gonna go through character by character with our thoughts. So why don't we start with, I think Shruti wanted to start with Matthias I did want to start with Matthias um so I think we need to explain as I said before um so Matthias at first and I think many people probably agree at first like his introduction is like he's going to kill and like he wants to kill Nina and you're like well this is interesting because you know he's a main character because he has a point of view but you're like okay he wants to kill our other main character um but obviously like slowly you learn and you understand his perspective um, and I kind of think we mentioned this last time when we were talking about the show is I think the show did a better job of since we see him first before he, the betrayal, we kind of understand Matthias more versus here, you're kind of set on edge immediately. But like, oh, I don't actually kind of, I, I don't know what this guy's up to. Like, this is weird. I don't necessarily think I like this. Um, but then of course, naturally over time, you see the backstory and you hear like what happened and all that stuff. And it was actually exactly after Anina Matthias flashback where I was super invested in them because I was like, this is amazing. This is everything I want. This I'm not a big enemies to lovers fan, as we all know. But like, this was one of those, this is like one of the few enemies to lovers uh, couples that I actually really enjoyed. And I was just so mad because, you know, we're in the spoiler section. He ends up dying. And I was like, this is terrible. I do not want to be invested in a couple where half of the couple is going to die. So I quit Six of Crows and did not pick it up for another year because I had to, so... It is really because of Matthias that I never finished the series. And I do think it was easier to get through the second time around because I knew it was going to happen, like, in terms of the flashbacks. Um, and I think also this time around, I was less invested in him. Um, again, I think I did a better job of not being as invested in him because even during, like, he was fine the rest of it. I didn't think he actually betrayed Nina during that that plot twist te- uh, in Six of Crows. Like, I was like, whatever, he's fine. Um, but even his death scene, like, you knew it was, I knew it was happening. I knew the exact chapter that it would happen. And I was texting, I was texting Sarah and Grace about what exactly when I knew when it was happening. And 
I like knew it was happening. And I like, it was really weird because like, I was crying. I was actually upset. And I was like, oh no, he's dying. And this is upsetting. But I also was like, my heart wasn't hurting as much as I thought it would. Um, it was very weird. It was like a weird disassociation moment where I was like, I am upset, but I'm not feeling upset. And I was really mad. I've been mad about this for years, even before I read this, when I first heard about the fact you give me a found family and you have to kill off one of them. Must we do that? Um, so I've always been mad at that. And I'm still gonna be mad about that. And I do feel like the death was so abrupt because of how it was done. Um, I'm going to let Sarah and Grace talk about it first, but I do have issue with his death scene, but I'm going to let you guys talk about Matthias first. It's funny that you say that because a lot of people say when they read these books or like a lot of fantasy book series that it's unrealistic that more characters didn't die. So just, uh, I mean, that's valid. And I mean, there's, I think even a passage where like Jesper, I think things like, Hey, I really expected all of us to get out of this. I didn't expect any of us to die. Yeah. And you're like, that's probably inaccurate. But I'm like, I don't care. I want all of you mm-hmm. to live. Right, but, right. Yeah. Like they, he says like, yeah, I think it is Jesper who says like, we were all supposed to make it. And it's mm-hmm. very sad. But at the same time, in your head, you're like, wow, that's crazy that you thought that because you're on this like dangerous uh, heist and all these crazy things are happening to you. But yeah, so Matthias has always been one of the most polarizing characters in these books. Um, Most, I would say most people who read these books, as far as I can tell from, you know, my years on Twitter with the following people who read them, that most people who read it generally come out with the same feeling where they love all the characters and love all the couples and everything. But there are, there is a small number of people who really, really don't like Matthias. And that's fair. I mean, there are, you know, he he can rub people the wrong way. Like I'm not going to invalidate anyone's feelings on him or anything. Um, So, but it's always interesting to, to see that people can have such strong reactions to him because as I said, he is, he is ranked on the bottom of my character list, but I do still love him. Um, Grace mentioned that he is like unintentionally funny. And I think that is one Mm -hmm. of the like best parts about him because He's so, he's like, he's from Fierda, which is like the far North country where they like hate Grisha and hunt Grisha or whatever. So he's just so rigid and strict and like unfamiliar with things that most of the rest of the world is okay with. So there are like cultural differences between the other country, but I, countries, but I think it's most stark between like Fierda and like Ravka and Ketterdam where because Fierda is so strict about everything so Matthias is coming into this world like what is going on why is everyone like a heathen or whatever like there's one scene in Six of Crows where he's like I'm surrounded by like a bunch mm-hmm. of heathen he's literally says in his uh his narration I'm surrounded by all these heathens and they're all looking at me like I'm the crazy one so it's just things like that that make Matthias enjoyable to read about um I think his character development was really well done and his death was definitely really sad because he's come so far since his place in the where he was in the first book that it's it's really you know it hurt especially because he's so he's such part of the family they all adopted him he ended up embracing them by the end of Six of Crows even so and it was really um, abrupt I definitely agree that his death scene was abrupt too but Grace what were your thoughts on Matthias so. Going into Six of Crows, I wasn't sure I was going to like Matthias because one of my friends was saying she doesn't really like him, mm-hmm. not to make another reference, but she was like, he's like the Jason Grace of Six of Crows. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that necessarily, 
but I see what she I see what she meant um and also like I he his storyline is like he's a Fjordan a Fjordan and they hate um the Grisha he's basically a cop like he's a fantasy cop (laughs) and so I was like I don't know how I'm gonna feel about this but he does like he's a he's a former cop but you know he changes he evolves he realizes that his ways of thinking were wrong and like he really does change and so I was like okay by the end I was fine with him um I just had some reservations going in and so I can definitely see like why people don't like him because I had those reservations too Mm -hmm. but I also he he was probably at the bottom of my list because of those things but I did like him so I have a lot of feelings about his death and I agree with Trudy and that it felt rushed and the thing is like for one thing I do agree like I understand the criticism of like in fantasy books where stakes are high it is realistic that people should die that was a rhyme and I did it on purpose thank you for (laughs) thank you for acknowledging (laughs) but um you know it's okay if they don't it's okay if it's not realistic it's fantasy it doesn't have to be the rest of it isn't realistic and if you want to consume a fantasy where people die all the time yeah hbo's game of thrones is right there waiting for you so go ahead um i just but i i get i get it but also i personally do not feel that way um however i'm also not someone who like inherently hates character deaths i think that sometimes it is necessary for either the story or the character like it just packs an emotional punch that keeps the audience like invested and it can like really round out like the story or the character's arc in like a really like emotionally satisfying satisfying way if the character death like feels earned. And I didn't feel like Matthias's character death was necessary nope. to the story or to his character or that it or felt, anybody else's character or anybody else's or that it felt earned. Like I I think like I, I think if she was gonna have to, if Lee Bardugo had to kill anyone definitely made the right choice with like the white guy who used to be a cop (laughs) but um it did he didn't need to he didn't need to and I think I don't know if I would have felt this way if I hadn't known he was gonna die because I did when I did I knew someone would die I always knew someone would die I thought it was I said this is Sarah and Trudy I thought it was Jesper or Wyland up until Trudy started reading the book last year and then I was like oh it's this other guy cool um so I always, so going into it this time, I knew he was going to die like from the get go. And so I spent like two books, like imagining how it would go. And for some, like not really consciously imagining it, but just like coming up with it in my mind unconsciously. And in my mind, it was going to like make sense because, you know, he starts off like very against like the, the crows' way of life. He's very against the Grisha. And then he has this journey where he starts to like realize that, you know, it's fine acceptance is great etc and so in my mind like he was gonna die and like that would really complete like his journey of like acceptance and da 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 and like he would die like protecting Nina or protecting the rest of the crows or he would have like a sacrificial death or whatever but he doesn't he like gets taken out by this random guy only because he was being pure-hearted so this is yeah Yeah, explain it because because I'm not completely sure what happened so yeah, no, basically what happens is he's like he f- gets confronted by one of his old um Druskella people who are like younger than him and because he, he's called a traitor and he's like trying to talk him down and be like hey you don't have to believe this you know they've been brainwashing you all your life it's this is not actually true and he's just like you know being he's showing his character development 
Cause like you had mentioned, he does have that moment of realization and like that full circle moment, but it happens earlier when he's like working with Jesper and Kuei, when he's working with Jesper and Kuei to like escape. And like, that's when you have, he has this whole internal monologue about like, oh, I kind of understand now like what's going on and I'm going to have to battle this to like get over my brainwashing. And like, that's like the really important point in moment. And you're like, yes, he's done it. So like having this random moment where, you know, there's random guy comes out of nowhere, by the way, there's no one else around. There's just this dude. And then he shoots him and you don't even see the, sh- you don't actually, you hear it. I mean, it's a cliffhanger whatever. And I don't know. It just felt, I was really, I was really upset with how it happened because like you said, Grace, it was not like a sacrificial moment. It wasn't a big moment. He was alone when it happened. Um, like literally there was a medic like five minutes ago and like he could have, which so I like, I was also really annoyed about. And I think even more like than that, yes, the scene right after when like Nina finds them and like they're all like crying over it and like Nina tries to, you know, Nina's powers has changed, we'll get there. Um, and, you know, she brings him back to life for a moment, lets him go. Like that wasn't even important for Nina's character development. Um, and I will, we'll talk about this more later, I guess, when we get to Nina, because I do feel like her story in Crooked Kingdom was a miss for me. Um, but I feel like there was no point to his death. Right. It wasn't for his character development because he already had his character development eureka moment. It wasn't for anyone else's character development, at least in this book. So whatever. Um, So like that was annoying. And it it wasn't even like a stakes thing because it would have made more sense if it like had happened where it like he then saved everybody else. And that's why it had to happen to like help everybody else escape or whatever. Like it was literally pointless. And it was literally just so that she could kill someone off. Um, And I'm going to put this out here. I think this is the right moment for it. Lee Bardugo's books are like 80% great and like write what you exactly want. But then there's that 10%, that 20% where she just decides to kill off a random character who you're like, why are you doing this? Because it makes no sense. It's not inevitable. It's not good for character development. And that is the only reason that I would say that this could not be my favorite book of all time is because of that. Because it's literally a pointless character death. And as we have established, I hate character death in general. I will like a character death if it's inevitable and it makes sense. And there was one I read recently that I can't think about right now anymore. But like, I will be fine with it if it makes sense. This one did not make sense. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I agree. She, the fact that it happens so close to the end of the book, like literally in the like second to last, not maybe not second to last, but like it was right at the end of the book made me feel like she didn't want to kill a character because all of she felt like she had to kill one of the six, but they were all so great that she didn't want to waste, like, I guess, not having a mm-hmm. their perspective for the rest of the book. So she did it so close to the end, but that just made it feel like abrupt and like you guys were saying, not earned. There wasn't any like big moment for it. And I think the reason she chose Matthias was for the reasons you outlined. And then also because I have read half of King of Scars, um, it it does contribute to Nina's storyline in that, but it could have been like better. But I think the reason she did so close to the end was because she didn't like, I don't know, maybe she didn't want to not have his perspective. I don't know what the reason was. It definitely could have been at a better moment, you know? Yeah, so I think that like- was always like the worst part of it for me was that it was it, it was just so like I don't know and I've read theories people have theories that it was like the kid who killed him was supposed to be like his young, it was supposed to like represent his younger self like his past coming back to like haunt him I guess mm-hmm. but at the same time he did like redeem himself you know right so it doesn't really I don't know it never really made sense to me 
I do think the death happened in the right point in terms of the book, because like you said, it was towards the end. So you still had plenty of Matthias throughout and like his perspective. Um, but you still had enough afterwards for like that closure. Cause I do mm-hmm. think like overall, I think they kind of explored the grief, but not quite in the way. I mean, it was, I think the grief exploration was actually good for me. Like, I thought that was all done well, given everything else that was happening. It was just the death, death itself um, that really bugged me. But like, yeah, no, I don't know. It was just, I don't know. I'm not, I was not happy about it. And it is definitely my sour note on the entire thing. Yeah, I'm not super mad about the 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 part of the book it happened in although I feel like if it happened like 75% of the way through that would have made more sense it's more like the way that he died and also like you know if they'd kept the way that he died but like Nina was there to watch it like that would have made it more dramatic and I feel like the death was there to add drama so why not make it dramatic like it wasn't it was just nothing like I wasn't even like I was kind of, I mean, I was sad. And there's like a very short chapter of Matthias. Like, mm-hmm. it's like not even a page where as he's dying, where I was like, oh, this is hitting. But that was it. Like, I right. wasn't, I, I was just like, well, okay, rest in peace, I guess. <laughs> like, I didn't feel that much about it because it wasn't a good character death. If it had been a good character death, I would have been like, wow, I am going to dress in black and warn this man right <laughs> now. But I, I didn't because it wasn't good um and yeah uh, yeah that's my thoughts and it just sucks because he's just such a good character because he is actually a good character yeah but you have to spend all of the time talking about him talking about the stupid character death that's all i got from matthias okay pour one out yeah pour one out from Matthias. yeah (laughs) moving on (laughs) anyways so um i guess the next the natural next character to talk about would be nina so um i guess i can start um, Nina is probably she like I said before she's tied for my second favorite character with Kaz um, I loved I I loved her especially in Six of Crows I think that's really like her time to shine um, Shruti will talk more about this but uh, Crooked Kingdom you know I obviously still loved her but she didn't have as like big of a role in that one and it could have been I think with what the storyline with her powers changing could have been like handled a little bit better just give him more like a spotlight because I kind of forgot about it at points where I was like wait mm-hmm. why why is this happening then I would remember oh yeah she has this thing going on but it was kind of like a background thing and again part of that is because spoiler alert she is a main character in King of Scars she has a point of view um I haven't read that book all the way through yet but I plan to this year don't um don't cancel me I'm gonna read it this year I just bought the the sequel book so I'm gonna finally read those long ass books I'm gonna do it um and I'm gonna do it for Nina and Nikolai and Zoya but yeah so I think part of that I don't know if she really knew what she was doing with King of Scars yet when she was writing this book um but because I don't think it had been officially announced yet she kind of hinted at it so maybe she was planning for it but I still think some more attention could have been given to Nina's storyline in Crooked Kingdom but I just always loved in Six of Crows her interactions with the other characters were always just so fun I loved her I always love her and Inej's friendship and how from the beginning from day one they're ride or die for each other mm-hmm. um she's so loyal to all the drags <laughs> and um I always say that if I had to 
like doing those, I don't know if you guys have ever done those book questionnaires, like we've done some book questionnaires, but some of the questions are like, who, if you had to pick a fictional character to be your best friend, who would it be? My answer is always Nina. She just seems like she's such a good friend. She has like such a like positive energy, I guess. And just like, I don't know. I just, I love Nina. I loved her, her, uh, her storyline in both or in both of them. I think Nina would be like a good person to like go out with, like to like yes, yes, go, go like to the bar or something. She'd be I don't know. so fun. I don't to go hang- out. Yeah, to a concert. I go to those. Yeah, she'd be so fun also- to hang out with. But she's also loyal as fuck, and she would defend you if anything yeah. happened. So, like, if you needed like, her during a breakup, she would be there. Yes. If you need to go to a concert, she would be there. Uh-huh. She would be there. Exactly. I also like Nina. I'll, I'll, I'll talk now. Um, she was initially my second favorite, and you know she's still she's still out there. I think she's very funny. She's like very flirty, which is fun. I don't know. I apparently I like that in characters. Um, <laughs> it's fun. She, it's it a is, fun time. Yeah. 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 Um, she's very badass and like witty as well. I really liked her dynamic with Jasper because I feel like they're similar mm-hmm. kind of characters. So that was mm-hmm. really fun. Um, she's just good. And I really like, I do think she has more going on in Six of Crows, but I also think in fairness, like she has a lot going on in Six of Crows. So maybe that's why I shouldn't have so much in Queer Kingdom. True. Like she literally like makes this huge sacrifice at the end of Six of Crows. She takes the perim and like, which is this drug that like could really have some really bad side effects. She takes it so they, that they can all survive and makes that sacrifice. And I was like, wow, this is such a good scene. I would die for this woman. And I stand by that. That's like my favorite Nina scene too. Sorry, Shree. Yes. I didn't mean to. No, 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 no. You're but right. That's like, that's like my favorite Nina moment. It just shows really who she is as a person. Like she talks a big talk, like, oh, I'm just so like, dainty I'm such like a whatever but then when it comes down to it like she is the one who will get shit done and she will like go out on a limb for the people she cares about and to make sure that like you know everyone's taken care of and she loves food and I love food we have so much in common yeah and she's also positive like plus size representation too Mm -hmm. which is awesome and like Lee Bardugo didn't like shy around that at all so it was great yeah, I definitely agree with both of you. Nina is a wonderful character. She'll be a wonderful friend to hang out with. Um, she was flirty. She was funny. She was just a really awesome character. And in Six of Crows, I would probably argue that she was definitely like my favorite or like tied for my favorite. Um, and like Grace just mentioned, I think also for me, my favorite Nina moment is that end of Six of Crows when she takes the drug and is basically like, I'm going to protect all of us, even though I might die because of it. And like that was, that is a true sacrifice. So I was very happy with that. It so also then my really problem, cements yeah. them as like a team. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And it's like, I would do anything for this group of people, my family. Um, and so I really, I really love that moment. Um, so then my issue is, is that in Crooked Kingdom, she's obviously still around. She's still flirt. She has her moments. She's great. Um, and she has this whole storyline about how her powers are changing. Um, so that instead of like being able to manipulate life, she's able to manipulate death. And I thought that was really cool. And I thought that was really interesting. And I wish, one, I wish that was explored a little bit more. Um, and of course, it probably is in King of Scars. But I wish that was explored more here because that was where the first time it was introduced. And I feel like there could have been a lot more done with, if they were going to kill off, if she was going to kill off Matthias, there should have been more explored there with that. And again, maybe it's been King of Scars, but I felt like this was the book to do it. Um, and I don't know. I just felt like Nina really got the short end of the stick in this book. And I... Part of it, so even as a Wyland stand here, 
I do think because we needed more Wylan in this book for a lot of reasons, I think it was that became the detriment to Nina because again, she did have more to do in Six of Crows. So maybe that, so she didn't have as much to do here. But I did feel like because she didn't have much of a story and then we also kill off her love interest who like she's clearly super into because they have really awesome, lovely moments throughout the book um, between Nina and Matthias that it just felt like she was getting this, constantly getting the short end of the sick where she's just like, suffering because she has a, an addiction to this drug then she's suffering because her powers are all changing on her and then she's suffering because the people who came from home and I guess we should uh, throw in the oh yeah so Nikolai Jenya and Zoya just show up randomly in this book uh, moment so she has to talk to like deal with her home country um, as well at the same time and it's like all of these things she's constantly dealing with so like she does have it but it's all really in the background and you don't get to see it much of her struggle I don't know I just really felt like Nina did not get enough to shine in this book as much as she did in Six of Crows and again I get that because I do think a lot of that like screen time if you will was given to Wylan um but I don't know it just didn't feel good because then again we just kill off Matthias so like we didn't I don't know I just didn't I just didn't feel good to me I love Nina and I think she's awesome um, and I think that's, that's why I was a little bit, a little annoyed with it. Again, I say this as if in Crooked Kingdom, I still like more than Six of Crows, but I don't know. I don't know what duality, I guess. And in all fairness, she does get two more books with her perspective. True. So, true. Just if she, I feel like if Lee was going to cut down on any other screen time in the screen right. time, whatever, it, yeah. it would be Nina because she is, you know, we get to see more of her, right. but you know, I, that I think does the, make sense. And it does make sense. I think the problem is, is I wanted to see Nina with these characters, right? Because mm-hmm. I love like Nina and Anesha's friendship. I love yeah. Nina standing up to Kaz all the time. Like I love it when any of the crows stand up to Kaz, we'll get to that. Um, but like Nina does it in like such a fun way as well. And like Nina and Jesper flirting with each other. Nina has like this little brother, like thinks of Wylan as like her little brother. Like all of these different relationships she has with these particular characters I wanted to see more of. And because she's not around as much, you don't really get to see him, um, which made me sad. And she is like very loyal to, you mentioned this too. She's very loyal to Ravka too. Mm -hmm. Like when Jesper, when they find out that Jesper's a breach, he's like, don't tell Nina. She's going to try to like work (laughs) to the great Ravkin cause or whatever. But um, so I think that's a really important part of her character too, that I kind of forgot about. But in this reread, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Also, she can raise the dead, right? Right. Yes. Which is really cool. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. I love me some ghosts. So I was quite, or zombies. Zombies, yeah. Same thing. Not the same thing. Not the same thing, but I love both of them. (laughs) I don't want to get canceled by (laughs) the horror community. So we can talk, let's talk about um, Kaz Brecker next. Since Shruti mentioned him, it made me want to talk about our good buddy Kaz. So what were your thoughts on Kaz, the, the bastard of the barrel, dirty hands, whatever you call him? What a character. What a character. Like, anytime I was like, surely this is how he will react to this scene. He never did. He never did what I expected him to do. Like, I was like, anytime, like, something like, I was like, surely he will show concern here. Nope. Never did. Kaz kept Brecker, me on my toes. Because Kaz Brecker doesn't need a reason. Am I right, well, ladies? You are. You are. And you know what? I, and he was probably, he might have been my favorite character to read from, just because I was like, let's find out. Let's find out. Did I always find out? No. But I <laughs> liked thinking that I would. <laughs> and his backstory traumatized me. Thank you. Yes. Yes. It really did. It really did. It's very bad. 
he like his brother dies well he and his brother get ill and they're taken to like this like river or lake thing and they're all dumped all these bodies are dumped into it and he survives but he's surrounded by dead bodies and it's like describing the bodies and the skin and i was like i can't i did not like that at all that was it's so awful I I agree with you. That scene was really gross. However, what I did enjoy was how all of it came back from Crypt Kingdom because they all have to pretend to be dead bodies and like there's and Nina's raising the dead and all of this like stuff coming back, imagery coming back. I really enjoyed that because you got to see Kaz. I think Kaz really got a good, a lot of good stuff in Crooked Kingdom because you really got to see him grappling with his backstory because I do think Kaz's backstory for me is probably the most interesting of all of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely. He is he's like a he's tied with Nina for my second favorite character I love Kaz um he like you guys were saying his backstory is super interesting I love that reading from his perspective like Grace was saying is so crazy because the other characters have such a perception of him that is so different I mean it's not different from his narration but you get to see like the inside of that perception and why he's that way when you read from his perspective and it really informs um his actions through the eyes of the other narrators like the other narrators will sometimes be like okay Kaz whatever but you know like why he's acting that way especially with like the gloves and everything um and Inej his relationship with Inej is so just beautiful I love their relationship and um how they both kind of like work with each other with their the what am I saying with the problems that they're dealing with and everything like you know they both have issues with intimacy and there's that you know the bathroom scene in Crooked Kingdom um and it's just both of their characters we'll talk about Inej more later but both their characters just work so well together and I did love Kaz's how Kaz okay it's just crazy how he's always one step ahead of literally everyone like I reading these books I'd already read them before I knew everything that was happening but I was still in amazed at just how Kaz managed to be one step ahead of everyone at all times. Like anything, something bad happened, it would it would progress, and you'd find out Kaz had orchestrated it all along. Yes, or like it's not insane. every time, but like, yes, a lot of times you'd find out Kaz had orchestrated it all along. Like that one part in Crooked Kingdom that Grace was had. Okay, so Grace. Wait, so before before we tell the story, I need to I need to say yes, something tell, the story. tell the story. Still don't understand how that worked out. I'm glad it did, but okay, yeah. I have no so clue what before happened. we before we tell the story. Um, so I think I need to talk Wait, about no, 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 no. I need to, no, no, no. I then, then Grace can tell the story. Grace can tell the story. No, I need to, no, hold on. Okay, so what, okay, I need okay. to just yes. respond to what Sarah just said, because, so okay, I, okay, okay, okay. I went into this, as I was mentioning, I think Kaz reads a lot older than he actually is. And I think that's on purpose. And I do enjoy that. But I went into this as like, I don't think I liked Kaz at first, but then what I noticed was all of the characters we root for and enjoy. So the other crows would always talk back to Kaz. And I think I enjoyed that because they would call him out on his shit. And when they did that, I was like, okay, Kaz is good. He's smart and he's really, really clever, but he's not going to be able to get away with shit. And I enjoyed that when it was Matthias doing it in Six of Crows. Nina does it a couple of times, Six of Crows as well. And Ezra does it all of the time. I really enjoyed Wylan and Jesper, Wylan especially doing it in Crooked Kingdom. Like those are the moments where I was like, okay, good. Kaz is a human being. He has faults. And all of the crows are the only ones who get to see it. And I was like, this is great. This yes, is good found family stuff. Exactly. Now, the reason why I bring this up is whenever I'm reading his stuff and I'm like, okay, 
I can accept that he just knows everything all of the time because there are people who are calling him out and he's not perfect. And because of that, I was never really surprised when he like was 5 billion steps ahead. I also think I have read and and, and consumed a lot of heist material and content that some things did not surprise me. So Grace, now you can go ahead and tell your story. Okay. I guess it's kind of getting into Wyland, but it's okay. Um, So there's a part in Crooked Kingdom from Mylan's point of view, where things are happening. What's happening, you may ask? Can't remember. Things are happening, though. And Wylan gets kidnapped by his dad, Van Eck, who is evil. And Van Eck is, like, has him, like, tied up. He's, like, questioning him for information. And Wylan's like, nah, I'm not going to give you information. Um, I'm like, good, good for you, Wylan, good for you. I'm listening to the audiobook. I'm at work, alone in the office. As I should be <laughs> doing my silly little tasks, vibing, just vibing. And you know, Wyland's like goes on this like little poetic, poetic paragraph about like what he's learned from the crows, how important they are, and like how much he admires them. Da da da. And he's like, yeah, I'm not gonna tell you anything. And then the chapter ends with like him being like, I'm not like the crow. Like I'm not the, these qualities I've described in the crows. Yeah, I don't have them. I'm just me. So he tells them everything. So I lost my mind at this part. Like I literally like thought I was going to pass out. Like I was, I don't even know what was happening. I was just like, oh my God, I had to pause it. I was, I'm in a, I'm in a spinning chair now so I can demonstrate. Like I'm just sitting here and I was like like, spinning around in the chair, like, (laughs) like losing my mind. No one was around. So it was fine. Um, Losing my mind lost it and so my first thought was oh my god I've lost my mind and then my second thought was I can't wait to see what Shirley reacts to this because I knew Wyland was her favorite character and then she didn't react to it and the thing is the thing is I saw a tweet the other day um and it was like it was like what book moment made you feel like this and it was like reads book gets to this part in a book screams really loud sets the book down screams some more picks the book up immediately again and the first thing I thought of was this part and in fact I like looked through the replies of this tweet and I saw two people mention that part too and I was like well I'm glad it wasn't just me so I was getting even more excited to see Shruti react to this scene after I read that tweet and saw that other people felt the same way as I and my friend our friend Allie who I talked to about these books as well I I was like oh my god this part just happened like I think I snapchatted her I don't even know it was very incoherent because it was in the throes of what was happening and like she was like yeah I cried at that part and I was like yeah it makes sense and then Shruti just didn't react to it didn't even mention it no no this is the funny part I was waiting to take a shower because I wanted to see her react to it and she no, 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 hold on. This is the even better part. So I reacted to the stuff that happened right before, right? So right yeah, so before- I knew goes, she was getting there. So I was like, no, I, can't I get literally shower like, screenshotted the paragraph right before where he's, he's like, I got the focus from Kaz. Here, and, like, I have the, spirit. the, I have the yes, text right here. Us. I'm going to read the transcript. Shruti, all right, part six. I'm getting ready to cry. Grace, uh, wait, wait. Are you not going to react to the thing in all caps? Shruti, in all lowercase, what thing? Grace, in all caps, the, he was just Wyland Van Eck. He told them everything line. Shruti, all lowercase. Oh, I'm assuming he told them everything, aka whatever he was supposed to tell them. Grace, in all caps. You're so annoying. I literally lost my marbles at that part. I had to sit down and scream. Shruti, I've seen read too many found family heists for that. Grace, I hate you. Shruti, shrug emoji. 
Yep, that's pretty much it. There we go. I think yeah. I purposely. So that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. That was what happened. Yeah. That's our tale. But yeah. That's our tale. Basically, Kaz is really smart and he's really brilliant. But I will say I was like, I basically went into the assumption that he would always be right, which is why I think the show kind of surprised me a little bit when he didn't do that. But like, yeah, in the book, I was like, yeah, he's, he's he always has a plan. This is going to work out. Mm-hmm. It'll be yeah. fine. It was kind of crazy in the show how they like changed that about him because that's like a mm-hmm. trademark of him. Like he he has like a name for himself in the barrel because of this. Like he is like notorious in the barrel because he's always like 15 steps ahead of everyone. And then the show, he was just like, uh, I don't know. I don't know, which is fine. It worked for the show. Again, we already talked about the show. Right. But yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to mention about Kaz is that like Sarah mentioned, Kaz and Inez's relationship is really great um, because because they both have so much trauma that they have to work through that it, there's like, it's very hard for them to be intimate physically. And I think I really, I always enjoy like the emotional intimacy better and like as like a little bit more. And that's usually what I gravitate towards. So I really appreciated with them that it was more about, hey, these, this is someone I really, really trust and who I will do whatever for, even if I cannot like physically show this um, and eventually, you know, like verbally show it. He has to work through that as well. And I thought that was really great. Um, and that their last scene together when they're standing by the boat and he gives her a bow and they are holding hands. That was, I think that's my favorite moment for them is them like standing there holding hands like lightly. Yeah, yeah. that was cute. Part of the reason why I love Kaz and Inej so much is the fact that they're not like physically intimate with each other. And you know, physical, physical intimacy is great. I love when characters I like kiss. It's a great time, but you know, I didn't realize until I was reading this, I was like, you know, not everyone needs to do that. And I, not everyone does. And it doesn't need to be there for me to enjoy a relationship. Like, and they're not physically intimate with each other at all. Like they don't kiss at all in yeah. the book ever. Have- and that is so nice. Like, I'm so appreciative of that. Like, because you don't need it sometimes. Like they have enough intimacy right. on their own. I was going to say they have a different kind of intimacy where they just know right. exactly what the other needs and can like Kaz always knows when Inej is there and Inej always knows when Kaz what Kaz is thinking somehow like they just they're on a different level with each other than they are with any of the other crows mm-hmm. and also one more casting I love the part in the beginning of Crooked Kingdom because he acts so tough like he's like above the rest of them when he's not he's not but he always says things like after they do like the first like whatever thing together in Crooked Kingdom, Matthias and the others are like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? And they're like, Kaz, are you okay? And he's like, no, because I'm the leader of a gang of hang- hand-wringing <laughs> nursemaids or so he's something <laughs> like that. I was crying. I was like, shut up, Kaz. <laughs> and it's really funny because all of them will be like, you're just being a dramatic hoe like, yeah. and then just ignore him. And I'm like, that's exactly. why I love him because they, none of them like actually lead into his shit. They're all like, no. you're just dumb. We're going to ignore they're you like, yeah. They're like, Kaz, we're ignoring your bad vibes and we're going to keep being besties. Anyway, you're yeah. welcome to join us, but you're n- we don't require you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Inej, my favorite character. Um, I love Inej. Her, I love her backstory, um, especially, and how she kind of grows throughout both of the books. But I will let Grace and Trudy give their thoughts first. So what did you guys think of Inej? I loved Inej. Um, I thought, I really liked how she had a lot of facets to her, um, how she is really religious, has a lot of spiritual background, but she's very kind and very like, she cares a lot about a lot of people. And you especially saw that, I think in Cricket Kingdom, where she like immediately adopts Wyland and like loves Nina. And she's always like, and she's there to support Nina after Matthias dies and everything. She's crying when Matthias dies. 
Um, so I really enjoyed that part of her. But then at the same time, she's like this secret person who like assassinates people and like will kill people. And yes, she has remorse and all of that. But at the end of the day, she's like, she will kill people. She kills, I don't even remember her name, the other assassin person who was trying to kill her. Like she'll do all of that for Kaz and for her people. Um, and I really love that about her. Like I thought, loved how like she will do whatever it takes just like Kaz, she'll do whatever it takes for her cause, for her people. And I appreciated that about her. Yeah, like, she's pretty ruthless, but she's also, like, very kind. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's been, been through some shit. She has been hardened by the world. But she still has it in her to be kind. And I love characters like that. Like, it is the best. I am obsessed with Inej. Like, she's amazing. Yes. She's wonderful. Step on me, please, Inej. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I fully agree. And also just the fact that she she can be ruthless, but she does not take pride in it. It is not a part yes. of her to her. She sees it as just something she does. And she goes into this in her narration. She just sees it as something she does to get by. Yeah. Um, and in in Crooked Kingdom, especially like, or I think it's brought up first at the end of Six of Crows, just her desire to um, get a ship of her own and dedicate mm-hmm. her life to like freeing all the people who went who are going through which she went through as an indentured servant um is just yeah it's just indicative of her character like she was so hardened by the world and what she went through but she didn't let it you know make her any less kind or care about other people any less even though she has to do like bad things sometimes she sees it as her making her way to be able to help others more and she really does like look out for everyone in the drags. Like she's always, you know, she's always there if mm-hmm. anyone needs anything. Um, like I loved, mom. Yes, yes. I loved her and Wyland's relationship too. I think yes. one of you just mentioned it. Yeah, it was so cute. And how we'll get into this. I mean, I don't know if we'll get into we'll talk about Wyland soon, but how when she was being held captive, he kept thinking Wyland kept thinking, like, and there's just so much for us. Like we have to get yeah. her back. It was just so cute. Like she's all, like the big sister. Yeah. Exactly. They yeah, all yeah. love and embrace Inej. And Inej and Jasper's relationship is great too. Inej mm-hmm. and Nina, like they all just have such a even Matthias like softened with Inej before a lot of the others, I think. Um, mm-hmm. he warmed up to her because she is she does have that she is very spiritual so I think he like recognized that in her too they have different like religions but they both you know see they can see that in each other I think and yeah I don't know it's she's just she's just a very well she's just such a well-written character to me and she's always stood out as my favorite um just because she's so like calm all the, she's she's just like a calming presence I think on the dregs and just like reading through her perspective like I never what I don't know I guess I was stressed out for her sometimes but like she's just so her she has so much skill that I was never really I never really worried about her except for that one part in Crooked Kingdom when she was the first fight with that other race oh, yes. girl I can't even remember her name either then I was I was like oh my gosh someone as good as Inej like this is crazy I didn't think that was possible um, but she's still like best her. Inej also has some of the best dialogue. I think Inez and Kaz have some of the best like one-liners in the series, just things she says, and you're like, whoa, she's my favorite. I, I really love Inej. I really love this is kind of what you were talking about. I feel like they're also competent that you kind of like take that for granted and you're like, you're gonna right. get through this because you are competent, which I enjoyed, especially you're with right. Inej. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the line, I don't know if this is the line you were thinking of, but there's one line that she says to Jesper about how like um forgiveness is not like it's not 
forgiveness is not given it's earned or something. And then Kaz mm-hmm. uses that and, and then uses it as respect later yes. on. And I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, those are, and that's just really wise. And I think mm-hmm. that's really awesome too. Yeah. She's like a twist on the mom character, which I kind of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. She's exactly. great. Maybe she's my yeah. second favorite. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Or there's that one line where she's like, where Kaz says some dramatic thing, like greed is my God or what the fuck. Yeah. She's like <laughs> men mock the gods until they need them, Kaz. And I was like, oh, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Is that a threat? No, it's just. <laughs> So, so just little things like that that are just like whoa you know that I don't know she just delivers she does all right moving on to Jesper what were our thoughts I'll let Grace take the floor on this one for her fave um my thoughts are that Jesper is my friend um I think he's a very well-written character he's very funny flirts with everybody love to see it um also he's a fabricator which is very fun you don't find that out until like i don't know like halfway through six of crows and um then in crooked kingdom you find out the reason why he's such a good shot well you find out a lot of things about him you find out that he the reason why he he doesn't tell people that he's a fabricator is because his mom had grisha magic as well and it is why she died and his dad like kind of like told him his whole life like it's not a good thing that you have this power like it's what killed your mom you shouldn't be doing this it's like a curse like it can get you in really bad trouble and it can really hurt you so he's not very good at the Grisha stuff because he's never done it because of this because he's been told this his whole life and then in Crooked Kingdom Wyland kind of helps him figure out that like maybe the reason why he's such a good shot because he's really good with like guns and stuff is because of the Grisha magic like it's not just him and he has this really cool scene and like kind of towards the end of the book where he like shoots at Kue without even like him being in range and like because he makes the bullet and he has like an inner monologue while he does that too and I was like this is so that good. scene was so good it's so yeah. good I am obsessed with Jesper he is my friend and that's all I have to say about him I hope he's having a good time right now wherever <laughs> wherever he is I also love Jesper um, I also really love that scene. Uh, I don't know if it's because the show kind of like hinted at it, but I, the entire time I was reading the kingdom was like, well, that makes, he's a good shot because he's a fabricator. So like, it made sense to me. Um, so when Wylan like kind of revealed it, I was like, oh, what actually I thought was really interesting was the implication. I think both Matthi- Matthias makes this and then Wylan does as well, is that maybe his, um, his like ADHD or his like gambling addiction is kind of a disease that's being taken out because he's not using his Grisha powers. Because as we've established in the universe, if you don't use your Grisha powers, you turn become ill and like sickly. So I thought that was really interesting about him not using his powers has led to this disease, which I thought was really good because addiction is a disease. And so like, I thought that was a cool way of kind of um, approaching it. Um, so I really like that. And I especially liked that Matthias was the kind of the one to imply it because it was like, yay, more found families, some another new dynamic um, we can see. I just want to say real quick, the book does a really good job exploring like each dynamic, I think. Yes. Like at least in a little bit. Like every mm-hmm. person, every character interacts with another character of subs- a subs- <laughs> a decent amount, <laughs> which I like. Yeah, yes. I also like that too. That's kind of, it re- kind of reminds me of like Parks and Rec where each episode, the characters yes! have a subplot with each other and yeah. mix and match the characters. What? This is literally perfect. my brand. Like, found mm-hmm. family different dynamics like yeah. I was living through this book because yeah. there was so much of this like intermixing um so I really loved that um I also loved getting to meet Jesper's dad I thought that was cool 
Um, I thought he was cool that they got him into the heist and they got him to like and be involved. Um, yeah, and I just really love Jesper and I absolutely loved his relationship with Wylan. Um, I thought it was adorable. I thought it was really funny. I think I knew I had kind of been spoiled that he, when he kisses Kuwe, that it wasn't Wylan and it was Kuwe. So I kind of knew that um, going Damn. in. So I wasn't super surprised by it, but I still thought it was a really great moment. And I thought it was hilarious when Wylan comes in and is like, oh, and it's like basically like a little jealous little bitch. And I was like, yes, I love this. This is the content I desire. Yeah, that was a good scene. I feel like Jesper is the opposite of Dina in that his storyline was a little bit smaller in Six of Crows, but then in Crooked Kingdom, mm-hmm. it was amazing. Um, I loved seeing, first of all, I love Jesper in general, and I love seeing, meeting his dad and seeing like his relationship with his dad and like, you know, them talk, just the, talking about their past and why, you know, he, his dad, the reason that dad made him hide his Grisha power and then Jesper felt all that pressure when he got to Ketterdam and he started, you know, gambling and everything. But it was just such a good storyline. And I feel like it was wrapped up super well. Like he got to, you know, get his money for his dad and his dad ended up happy too. And it was just really good. I love Jesper and his relationship with Wylan was oh also God. so good. And it's so good. good. I just have to, before, yeah, one more thing I wanted to mention about Jesper though is I love his ending. Because I love that. I don't know why I enjoy this because I'm like thinking about it. It's probably not the greatest thing. I kind of love that Wyla just gives him an allowance and he's only allowed to use that money, but he's still like gambling, but it's like a controlled gambling. And I don't know. I yeah. just thought it was really funny yeah. that like Wyland gives him an allowance. I, that I was know. And then, I, oh, and then the end where he, Wyland, and Inej are just like chilling in Wyland's yes. house for a couple months together. That was and so they were roommates. Cute. Yeah. They right? were roommates. They were, like, besties. It's our three favorites. They're so cute. Wait, it's yeah. us, because it's our three favorites. Yeah. It's oh us. It's us. Ah, You're so it's right. the book host. The oh book host. Wyland, Jesper, and Inej are the book host. You heard it here first. Thank you. <laughs> end of episode goodbye see you next we week. should all go live in a mansion together for a month and I think we you should. guys can play piano or whatever and I, will I don't know how to do that write notes to my boyfriend Kaz Brecker I'm just kidding okay um anyway all right so lastly our friend Wylan Shruti do you want to talk about Wylan first I I always want to talk about Wylan um Wylan Van Sunshine as he were yeah um I love Wylan I do think Crooked Kingdom is his book. Um, he has the first like point of view chapter from main perspective of his, like he's the first main character with point of view perspective. Um, and I think obviously in Six of Crows, he's like in the background, you don't get, he does not have a point of view. Uh, he doesn't have a chapter in his point of view. Um, and he, cause naturally over time, he has a lot of, oh, that was really interesting. I don't know why they did that. Cause there wasn't like a major reveal that would have been shown if they had been from his perspective. But I thought that was interesting. But then, which is why I think he had so much more time in Crooked Kingdom. And obviously his dad and all of that backstory and like his main villain of this whole story. Um, and just, Wylan is just so great because he has so much shit that he goes through, but he's still just so kind and he's just a good boy. Um, but also he's like a badass who will like blow things up for you. And I think my favorite, there are, I have a lot of favorite Wylan moments, but my top two is one um, towards the end, Kue is like flirting with Jesper and is like, oh, you can come with me to Ravka. And Wyland's like, or I can push you into the canal. We can see if you could swim or not. And I was like, yes, you can be a little, yes, feel free to be jealous. It's fine. Um, and then my other, my absolute favorite, well, maybe not my favorite, favorite Wyland moment, but one of my favorite Wyland moments is uh, the kiss with Jesper when he's just like calming him down because Jesper's having like a moment and they kiss and he just like, he's like, breathe. 
and then he just kisses him and then and then this isn't jesper's point of view so you get like a little o from jesper and i was like this is the cutest thing to happen to me and i'm very very happy that it happened to me um the in in six of crows there was a moment where i was like you know he doesn't have a perspective in that book there was a moment where i could see it all so clearly and i could hear that like accordion bagpipes like off-key set uh, tiktok sound i heard it so clearly in my mind and i was like oh my god the book is gonna end with his chapter from his point of view and he's gonna reveal something that i did not know that has been purposely kept for me this whole time and then that didn't happen i was like oh okay <laughs> we're good he I mean, he did he was hiding things but nothing as big as i imagined so that was good um but he's my friend Similarly to Inej, who has been through a lot of shit, but still, like, is kind and, like, cares about people, Wylan is the same way. And I really, again, love that in a character. Like, he's still, like, willing to, like, like, naively so. He's willing to, like, trust his dad, I guess, even though he has no reason to at all. And, like, even though that's a very poor decision on his part, I still admire that about him. And he is my friend. (laughs) Exactly. And I loved that he was kind of like more mysterious in the first book because he didn't have a perspective. And then the second book, you find out so much about him. You're like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. he's actually like amazing. Not that you didn't like him in the first book, but like you, you just learn more in the second book. Yeah. Wylan, I, how can you not love Wylan? Let's be real. I don't think a single person dislikes Wylan. That's not true. There are people who hate Wylan and I don't understand them. They're not valid. I feel like his chapters were also the ch- chapters where I was having the wildest time too, because we've yes. already talked about earlier. <laughs> we've, we've told that story, but there's also a part where he and Jesper go see his mom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because his mom yeah. is dead. His mom is buried in a graveyard. They're going to the graveyard. They have flowers to the grave. It's a whole thing. They go to the graveyard and they see this one. They're like, hey, we're here to see, insert name of Wilde's mom. And she's like, okay. And she t- starts to take them inside. And immediately I was like, oh my God, his mom isn't dead. And then she's not, she's not dead. But what a revelation that was. Like he was always giving revelations mm-hmm. in his chapter. He was. In his chapters. And it was insane. It was crazy. I loved it. I love how in the first book, he's very like much the fish out of water. And you're like, oh, he's the soft boy who doesn't know how to deal with these random, like how Matthias is like the straight man who's supposed to be like, I have honor. Wylan's like the one who's like out of his depth except he's the one who like saves them like a bunch of times with his bombs and stuff and then in this book not only do you get the backstory to like how he joined the crows which I thought was really nice you see him become more and more like oh he actually knows what he's doing he's figured it out and he's picked and I love because I really do love that bit where you show that he picked it all up because of them he learned it because of the other crows and like that's what makes me so happy and I love him he has a lot of like I think his chapters were also the ones that had the most found family stuff in it. Like those random like snippets of found family for me. And I just really loved him. And I loved yeah. the book. Yeah. He's great. He is. All right. Do we have any final thoughts on the Six of Crows duology? My final thoughts are that even though I was a fool to put it off reading these <laughs> for so long, I'm glad I finally did. And I can definitely see myself rereading them sometime soon. Like, I can definitely see myself rereading them, like, in to prepare for, like, season two of Shadow and Bone. We don't have confirmation of that yet, do we? Mm-mm. No, not yet. Still waiting. When we get it, and when we get a second season, I can definitely see, my, see myself rereading them to prepare. 
and I'm sure I'll have a great time and hopefully I'll understand more of the plot rather than just <laughs> vibing with the characters there but that's go. okay because the characters are what make the book and there I had go. a great time I also had a really great time um I kind of wish I had stuck through it the first time um back in 2017 when I first picked up Six of Crows um just because I feel like I would have experienced it different however at the same time I'm kind of glad I've read it at this point in my life because I feel like I would like different characters than I do now and I might have different opinions on things so I'm kind of glad that I read it now um I am very happy to have Wyland in my life and I cannot wait for him to get cast so I can have the actor who plays Wyland in my life as well um but yeah no I'm very happy I read it and I'm very happy to probably reread it at some point maybe not soon for me because I tend to remember things but I will probably at some point reread the I've already duology. read the and I just finished it. <laughs> They're very rereadable. I've mm-hmm. reread them both a couple of times now. Um, I'm glad you two finally read it after me telling you and everyone else telling you <laughs> how good it was for the last like five years now. But so, if we had read it, if we had read it earlier, then we wouldn't be sitting here as That's friends true. talking about it on the podcast. I guess if we'd read not. it in 2017 <laughs> or 20, 2019 or whatever, we wouldn't have been able to talk about it like this. So you know it's true, you it's know okay. it's I've okay. got to experience your reactions in real time. So yeah, exactly. Hey, there we go. My last, yeah, my last question is more for grace because i already know sarah's we already know what sarah's gonna do grace are you going to read the last or the two books in the king of scars duology what a great question i don't know probably at some point probably not anytime soon you know what i was thinking when sarah was like i'm gonna read those this year i was like cool i'll let sarah read them see what she thinks yes and then decide how soon i should read them yeah i read the half of King of Scars right after it came out and it had been a while since I'd reread Six of Crows or read the Grisha trilogy at that point so I wasn't like in the world so I feel like now that I'm like back in the world again and I remember everything I might have better luck this time um so and I don't want to like lose that momentum so I'm just gonna mm-hmm. read them now while I still can so I can stop being a fake fan of the Grishaverse so I can be caught up um so we'll see I really which is it's shocking because I love Nikolai I love Nina and I love Zoya so all things considered I should love King of Scars but it was just in my opinion when I read it when it first came out it was boring to me so maybe but maybe like I said maybe I just been out of the world for too long so we'll see my thoughts this time around stay tuned maybe I'll read them this summer (laughs) and Shruti are you were you the same thing as Grace well yeah I do think I'm gonna wait for you to read it I also know spoilers for Mm -hmm. things and See, I don't really so yeah well so so if I were to read them it would be for Nina and it'd be for like David and Jen Genya mm-hmm. because I don't Nikolai's fine Zoya I've been like I think it's because of the show I think the show ruined Zoya for me because even in the Crooked Kingdom when Zoya showed up I was like whatever where's Genya so like for me I was like whatever um so I'm like not keen into it right now um also I don't really want to read about Nina Morning. I, re- I don't really want to read about Nina morning Matthias for like an entire book because that will make me sad. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm leaning towards no, at least for now, and we'll see what happens in the future. I'll keep y'all updated. Thanks. Um, you are more than welcome to send us your thoughts on our Instagram at Bookhose Pod. You can also send them to us on our Twitter, which is at the Bookhose. You can also send us thoughts on Twice Shy or on the Six of Crows duology at our email, which is bookhostpod at gmail.com. 
You should also subscribe to the podcast. You should leave a rating, write a review, and then share the podcast with all of your friends. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope to have a great rest of your day. Bye.